Welcome to the Eagle Eye Podcast. The number one show to bring you all things Club America and English. Oh, what a strike, Club America! Your hosts for today are Ivan Pineda, Cristian Rosendo, Alexis Juarez, and everyone's favorite cowboy, Dylan Jimenez. Now let's hit the field and start the show. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of the Eagle Eye Podcast. Today we're going to be covering all of the chaotic mess that was the America versus Leon game. We'll give you guys a recap of everything that happened, and Chris will talk a little bit more about his uh, profile picture. And like I mentioned, today joining me to uh, cover all things Club America in English and is none other than our boy Chris. Chris, how are you? Good, man. A little cold today. Still waiting for the hot weather, but yeah, man, you're feeling good. Ready to talk about the Leon game, you know, our our version of WrestleMania, you know. But yeah, man, very hyped to talk about it. Definitely, definitely. Shout out to Carlos Diaz right there saying, yo, guys, yo, what is going on, Carlos? And um, talking a little bit about what you just mentioned, the weather should be racking, uh, going up uh, next week, Chris. So we've been saying that for a while, weather. though. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like uh, I don't know upwards to uh, almost ninety degrees in some areas. So we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, like you mentioned, uh, a lot of chaos in uh, in the Estadio Seca last Saturday, uh, which coinc- co- incidentally coincided with WrestleMania at the same time. Which I know you were very much keeping an eye on both things at the same time. How was that? Oh, it was hard, bro. <laughs> like I was telling you. Uh... I had the WrestleMania on my TV and I had the game on my phone. And like, I was like, obviously when you don't hear the commentary, it's like, you don't really know what's going on. You see like all the balls moving around. Okay. And then I don't know where you saw like people just like complaining, getting heated. And then you you see uh people pushing each other. I'm just like, what the hell? And I remember I was with my, my cousin. And I was just like, hey, bro, come. Like, like I sent him, I had an Instagram stream and I just sent it to him. I'm like, Bro, they're fighting. <laughs> We're like more focused on that than the TV at that moment. But, but I did like pay attention, you know, to the big moments of the game, and you know, I think, you know, uh, it looked like really intense game. Definitely was, but um, I mean, we'll get into that in just a second. Right now, um, I, I just kind of want to say a little bit something from what you were mentioning. It's always difficult to watch these games whenever you don't hear the commentary. Uh, because I'll be out, uh, we'll go to like a party or we'll go somewhere. And obviously, you know, you're kind of stuck watching the game on your phone. And it's, you know, sometimes you have to be attentive to other people and, and to, you know, the company around you. So you're not always focusing and then you're just kind of paying attention to the screen and you're just like, well, the ball's moving. But what's really been going on, it's kind of hard to gauge, but I kind of understand where you're coming from in that perspective. So, um, well, I mean. That's just kind of that. Shout out to AP Jr. in the chat as well, saying let's freaking go. Awesome to see you back here, AP Jr. Um, well, let's get right into it, guys. Let's get right into it, and let's talk America versus Leon. 2-2 at the end. We mentioned that this was, this was going to be one of the more important games to close out the season, only because it was second against third, a six-point game, if you would like. And I think we talked about it, Chris, whenever we were mentioning these kind of, you know, crucial four games for Tan Ortiz and America, that you kind of couldn't give yourself the luxury to draw or even not even draw, but drop points against Leon. And ultimately, you do end up doing that. I mean, we'll get into the nitty gritty of of everything, but 2-2 at the end of the day, you get one point apiece. How are you feeling? Uh. I'm not gonna feel that good about the tie, just for the simple fact that everyone else that's behind us is catching up, and we have a very tough game against Monterrey, and then we have two derbies, right? That could always go any way. Things could get very ugly, and it could also get very pretty at the same time. You know, it would have been ideal to get this win, so at least we get some comfort, but. I guess, like, you know, going into Monterrey, or Monterrey is coming, right? They're, they're playing us at Azteca. They, um, them coming with uh, us without Tano is going to be difficult, but I do think knowing that we could pull off a, a big upset or not lose, right, in, in like, 
being able to tie in a very competitive game does give me at least some optimism heading into this game. I mean, there's definitely bright moments in this Leon game that we'll highlight in just a second to kind of give some optimistic optimism going for the Americanismo. But again, there is these this kind of sense that America can't close out a game, and we've seen it time and time again. And we'll go into the nitty gritty of it, like I mentioned. But yeah, it, it's it was a frustrating game overall because this is a game where you thought, you know, the first forty five minutes you're like, wow, America's gonna be lucky if we get a draw out of this. And then towards the second half, you're like, well, this is a game that we should be winning comfortably. And to walk away with a draw, you're kind of left with a better taste in your mouth. Like, this could have been better. This should have been better. And you're looking at the league table. Like you mentioned, teams are starting to rack up those points and starting to catch up. And you're now left with that sensation of what could have been because it was just a game where America easily could have made it a comfortable win. If it wasn't for their lack of trying to kill this game off, and you know, it's it's also a lack of the defense that we've been talking about time and time again. And, and that's the most frustrating part, right? Because yeah, like this is not a, a one season thing; it's several seasons now since Piojo was here. Like it gets to the point where where these mistakes shouldn't be like that predictable. It shouldn't be like well, why did you guys lose? Well, the defense, you know, and I know that I've been causing Emilio Lara hater on here, and I'm not going to hate on him because obviously I, I am optimistic when it comes to him being a center back. But that first goal, it just, it's like, you know, we're talking about predictable. All these goals kind of seem the same, you know, and then Araujo too in the second goal, and it's just, it's frustrating because it's like, okay, well, how do we become champions with knowing that it's this predictable on how we're getting scored on. Do we have to score seven goals in every single game or have to score that much? It's nice to know that our attack is that elite, right? But at the same time, it, it's very frustrating that that you see these goals happen and just like, well, they're going to happen. You know, maybe uh, like on a good day, it doesn't. But when do we know that good day is going to happen? And how do we face this right now? You know, that's, that's more of the, the conversation. No, I, I agree. I think it's just these mistakes are becoming a little bit more than frustrating now. You know, it's starting to become so repetitive that it doesn't even surprise you. It just frustrates you. And that's just, that's the difficult thing about this. It's defense, you know, defense win championships. And America's defense is not a title contender defense. And let's be honest, you know, as much as we want to put up the points, as much as we want to put our, our, our offense up there, I mean, it's just, it's, it's not suitable. It's not suitable, and that's the frustrating thing about it. Yeah, and it's, it's very frustrating. Like I said, we, we've had this issue for a while, and it's not like we haven't invested in it. But sometimes you look into the investment, and you're just like, well, there's something that's lacking. A lot of the times it's leadership, right? Like, like if Emilio Lara had uh, Pablo Aguilar there, I don't think he makes those mistakes a lot, you know? And I think that's a focus that, that America needs to have in the off season. It's go bring in a, a, a real leadership, you know, a real veteran in his prime defender that could just be the glue of everything. Well, and, that was what Nestor Araujo was supposed to be. And, and he's not. And I don't, I don't think anyone really expected it. Like, when the signing happened, it was more like, Okay, well, what's his upside? Well, he's solid in Europe. You know, maybe him being in Europe, the leagues are different. You know, maybe he's solid over there. He'll be really good over here. But to me, like, I used to have the base with my dad about this. Like, Araujo, to me, was always just a, eh, like, okay, like, he's okay, you know? And it's the same thing now. Like, his his, his ceiling is closer to his to his floor, if that makes sense. Like, He's nothing special, and you saw it. Like, like he's gonna be an issue when he's in 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 the on the field, you know. And I think he's also a guy that I would like to get rid of in this summer because it's it's not like he's twenty five years old. He's aging, and you're seeing that he's not gonna be anything great for the future, you know. So I, I would look into that, just trying to remove him from the team and send him somewhere else, you know, maybe on a loan, maybe selling him, hopefully selling him. 
because that's been an issue for this club too, being able to get rid of players. But I think he's going to be just a weakness while he's out there. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you in that sense that he is deteriorating. As you the weeks go by, he's not the Nestor Araujo that eh, we all wanted him to be or that we all painted him to be. And I think that's also kind of maybe a poor misjudgment on, on our end as well, thinking that he could be the fix-all situation. But, I mean, I mean, we'll have to wait and see exactly what happens in the offseason. A, lot, a lot's just going to... A lot of what's going to happen in the future is determined on how well we finish the season, right? If we get a title, then I think a lot of these issues get swept under the rug. If we get, like, a quarterfinal, semifinal exit, then I think you start seeing a little bit more of a, you know, a change in the roster. Well, a lot has to do with also, we haven't done this podcast yet, which is going to be in the future, but also when they when they go public, right? The investors, what do they think about this thing? Because it's also like, I don't know the whole contracts on players, but I would assume it is difficult to get rid of some of these players, especially when they're not doing good and only the top teams are being able to pay for it, you know, but. But you're right. Hopefully, uh, this summer, like, well, hopefully, even like, even if we end up champions, hopefully we're able to just open up space because there is a lot of there's weaknesses in every team. But when it's like those predictable weaknesses, it just seems like a lot of people will blame the coach. But then I also question, like, like is the main issue up top or is it the coach? Because remember, Solari had a similar issue too. Piojo had similar issues too. Uh, Dano has similar issues, you know? They all have the same issues, so who are we going to blame for, for this, you know? Are we going to just continue getting rid of all these coaches and not get rid of players, like, you know? We always have these conversations when it comes to, uh, we've had it with this season, you know, about, well, how long would Dano be a coach? What is his ceiling? Well, how, like, how long are we going to stop blaming the coaches and just be like, okay, you know? It's, and I know there's a lot of people that are, are loud about it, but, I mean, consistently, like, Forget the coach. The coach isn't the issue. It's the front office, you know? Yeah, no, I, I agree in that sense. Shout out to Midwestern Cholo saying that Sorajo would fit perfect in Mazatlan, and I think he would definitely. I mean, if George Meta fit, I, I'm pretty sure they can make some, some room for Nestor. Um, but like you mentioned, there's a lot of moving pieces still yet to kind of decipher here for America, especially coming into the summer, right, where you got the whole kind of Going into the whole Mexican stock market situation, what avenues is that going to open up? Players coming back on loan and international players that you have to get rid of in order to open up a seat and a spot and players coming out of their contracts and whether or not there's going to be renewals for some of these players. So a lot of moving pieces for America um, that, again, a lot is kind of going to be decided on how well this team kind of ends and also for the future of Don Ortiz. You know, I think it's been heavily put out there. In the America universe, that um, if he doesn't win this title, I think he he has to go, and I mean rightfully so, right? If there's no progression, then America's got to look elsewhere in that matter. So um, let's 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 get into this uh, America versus Longa before we kind of get too sidetracked in everything. So, Chris, it, it's always a tale of two halves with America, as always, and this game was no exception to that whatsoever. America starts off poorly probably the most poorly I've ever seen them play this whole season. Um, I think, you know, Tudana had a bit of an issue showing the game right off the get-go. I think that we scored and they didn't actually uh, put a put it into the broadcast until later. Um, but America opens up the score sheet. It's an offside goal, gets called back, and Leon actually catches fire from that point on. Completely reads the game perfectly and understands how it is that they are going to go about and make it um, just that much more difficult for us going forward. They kind of capitalize uh, on every, you know, 50-50 ball opportunity. They close down all the channels and avenues for the midfield. They absolutely stop Fidalgo from doing any type of creativity. And Jonathan Santos just looked flat, like a shadow of the player he was against Chivas. All of these culminating factors made it so that America just could not find a rhythm and could not even try to come up with a solution. And Leon capitalized it every minute, every second that you saw Leon get on the ball, there was something going to happen for them. And to be honest, I think America was lucky to just only go down by a goal. They even scored beforehand and their goal got called offside. 
But that wasn't a wake-up call for America. If anything, it was just kind of a warning of what was to come. And you kind of saw it. I mean, this defense was, again, in shambles, whether it was the left side or the right side. I think Leon understands that this America side, the weakest links are their fullbacks, right? One is a center back, and the other one is a Salvador Reyes that is not in form. And neither is Luis Fuentes. So it's not like we have any poised position to kind of throw anyone in that position. And that kind of was just the first 45. I mean, it was shocking, to say the least, because we were talking about this on the podcast when we had Cari on, and we expected America to go guns at blazing, but Leon absolutely figured us out. Yeah, I want to highlight the uh, Donaldo Santos. Like like I said, I, I watched the game on my phone, but I did notice that like he was very bad, losing the ball a lot. You know, At least that's how it seems like. And I think it's fair to say... This team, it has to be Richard and Fidalgo in the midfield. Like, it just has to. Like, for whatever reason, like, it just fits the system. And if, it, if a lot of the times you feel kind of like Richard Sanchez is just also very, like, I don't want to say mid, but you feel like he could give you a lot more than he has given us, right? With that being said, though, he has shown a lot of promise, like, or not promise, but a lot of flashes of, oh, I could, I could make this team, bro better right and you see it whenever he's gone like yeah Jonathan Santos had a very good game against Chivas at the same time like this might get people mad that go from Mexico but I'm not a big fan of Nene Beltran so I don't even think beating him out or or also wasn't necessarily that big of a a challenge for him you know I think think you you have to look at it yeah, I think it's it was the fact that Chivas didn't press him the way that Leon did. Leon forced the mistakes. It wasn't because Jonah wanted to have a bad game. It's because he couldn't find a way to elevate his game. And that's the real concerning thing about it. It was that Leon absolutely understood that if you put some pressure on Jonah, which a lot of teams weren't doing, I'm, no, excuse me, a lot of teams, but Chivas wasn't doing as much to Jonah. Leon absolutely just went at him and you saw the consequences because of it. And I think if you put Aquino there, it would have been the same thing too. You know, I don't think it's necessary. I think necess- I think there's just a, a gap between uh, Richard and the rest of the midfielders not named Fidalgo. You know, and I think I think uh, America needs to make sure like that midfield stays healthy. And and once because you saw a, a different team in the second half. You know, I also think Sendeja showed that hey, I, there is a difference between me and Los Suarez. I know there was a lot of people that praised the. Los Suarez, but you see like the creativity and the chemistry that that Sendejas has with this attack, and you see that in the second goal, it just it, it, a lot of it had to do with Henry, but even the re, the, the the cross that Sendejas sent to uh to Henry was perfect because a lot I think anyone else would have either shot or they would have sent it over. You know, it was a perfect creative play for me. Yeah, no, I I, I think Sendejas came into this one and was like, all right. Thank you, Los Suarez. You did a good job while I was gone, but I'm back. So take your spot on the bench. You know, so it was kind of kind of stamping an authority on on why he is the starter and why he is where he is at the moment. So, you know, kudos to Senegas for doing that. We'll talk a little bit about the second half right now because I think there's some key points just to, to detail. But kind of close off the first half, you know, America stunned and no reaction whatsoever. Anything they look like, though, and we're going to try to get their second. Um... You know, the the goal, I, I know a lot of people are calling for Emilio Lara there, that he should have maybe done a little better of a coverage. I tend to agree a little bit to some extent. Um, I would blame some of it on Malagón as well. That is a shot that goes straight to your palm when you dive. you got to be doing a better job. Absolutely got to be doing a better job at keeping that ball out in the back of the net. Chris, it, it's, it really looked similar to the goal that Jimenez conceded against Tijuana in the, uh, in the friendly. Right. And you kind of called yeah. it out saying that if he kind of gave that goal to them. So it's kind of similar in that sense where I would have wanted Malagón to do better. Now, I'm not saying that he should, he should be benched because I think overall his performance was decent. I don't think he kind of showed off a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some moments of hesitation. There was some kind of like, OK, it's, you know, the, the fairy tale start is kind of dwindling down a little bit. So, um I mean, it's, I, I just wish he would have done a little bit more. I mean, if America was able to weather out the storm in the first half, I think it could have been different in the second half. Maybe this game goes and we end up winning it 4-0. Who knows? I'm not too sure. But the reality was 
America concedes that goal. We go into the halftime, and you just thinking to yourself, something's gonna change. Some substitutions have to be made, and it was clear as daylight that the two biggest weaklings for America that there was options to kind of reinforce was that Jonathan Santos and Leo Suarez, two players that were not having a good game by any means necessary. Not to say that you know Jonah was doing terrible, but I think he just couldn't elevate his game to the fact that Leon was pressuring him. And you mentioned how the midfield is a perfect duel between Richard and Fidalgo. Well, Fidalgo, I think, had his worst game in an America jersey by far. Uh, even after Richard came on, I think they still found ways to m- kind of neutralize him in a sense. And, and I, I feel like Fidalgo was a little bit too flustered. He wasn't able to come up with a solution. But he had moments here and there that kind of showcase, okay, there's a reason why you are who you are. Um, but first 40 minutes go, Chris, 1-0. It's looking like an uphill battle to climb. But like you mentioned, right, America has that tenacity and that arsenal up front that you kind of had a feeling that, okay, if we can get a goal back, things could change. Yeah, and, and that's exactly what you, you saw a different team in the second half. And I think when it comes to uh, the depth, when it comes to uh, the offense, it, you, it, we could change the game any any uh, minute with the right subs. And you, you've seen that. You've seen that with uh, the second half. I think we're going to see it. I think that's the second half team is what you need to see in this Monterrey game. I know we're not going to cover the Monterrey game today, but it is ideal that we have the, the best starting 11 against the best team because maybe if you have that second half team start in that first half, or the whole 90 minutes, right, with some subs here and there, maybe we win this game pretty comfortable. You know, maybe we don't have that ugly uh, first half. You know, the, some of these uh, goals got were offsides and, and whatnot. Uh, but you look at the, the play, and they were all dangerous. Just, you know, that, that cabecita uh, offsides. Who, who ends up scoring that? That was... Uh, Which one? Valdez, right? It was like it was a cabecita at first half offside. It, oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it was it was it was Valdez. Valdez, right? See stuff like that. Any moment, even if you're having an ugly game, literally one pass and you let them free from anybody from this attack. Leo Suarez, Sandejas, Valdez, uh, Henry Cabecita, even Roger, who might not play this the, the rest of the season. I'm not, not I'm not sure how serious his injury is, but any of them. You give them that space, and they're gonna either assist or they're gonna score. Something's gonna, something big is gonna happen out of that. And I think that's the, the positive thing about us, right? Yeah, no, I agree. I think that there's kind of an arsenal of artillery right there that they can kind of pick and choose from. Um, and you're right. I mean, it, it's it's gives us kind of that. Okay, there's there's options to go off of. I just want to point out right here, Carlos Diaz kind of sums it up a, a little bit perfectly. Is uh, first half is a perfect example of how we feed Cabecita so much. When it doesn't work, we give up on all creativity. Leo never turned it on for me. He's got to sit down versus Monterrey. I cannot agree more with this statement right here. Leo Suarez did not show up in this game because I think the team didn't give him the opportunity to show up in this game. With the few touches he had, he didn't look that great either. But still, this is a game where you gave it so much to that left hand side. And by the way, when you see Sendejas come on and Brian, we still feed a lot to the left-hand side, but you see something that Lil Suarez didn't do, that Sendejas did, was he kind of drifted a little bit more towards the middle. He asked for the ball, and whenever he did get the chance, the opportunity, he tried on those 1v1s and beat his marker, was able to control possession in that sense. Ricardo saying, Ivan, it's your fault. America lost. Technically, we tied, but I do understand why it feels like a loss. Dano took your advice. He tried to protect the lead by going with a back line of five. America wins if they stick to what they're good at, and that's attacking. I agree with about 75% of that. Um, but I still think that we need to learn on how to defend properly. So I didn't bat an eye when he put in that fifth, I mean, that uh, that extra defender with Nestor. I just hate the fact that Nestor did what he did. It's just unbelievable. You can't be doing it at that point. I, I don't even think it's, like it, it's that bad of a thing to just defend. I don't know what time that change happened. I know Tano has a habit of doing it way too early, but even then, like, like I don't think Leon had this crazy attack where you move it to five and they should be scoring. You know, I think, like I said, Araujo is just, it's just weird. Like, you don't think he's special, 
you think like at best he's just a solid defender, but at worst he's just horrible. And I think like like that that is just the issue that needs to be addressed when it comes to this offseason. I know we're not we're not gonna get into the whole offseason talk, but it is one one thing that you really have to think like well where do we go once the season's over? You know? Like where do we go? <laughs> no, I agree. <laughs> Dylan's just over here causing mayhem in the comments. But glad to see our our, uh, <laughs> our favorite cowboy is uh, is in the chat starting up. But hey, Dylan, whenever he gets a chance, and even if he can't be on, he loves to be on the comment section and stirring up some drama. That's for <laughs> He's sure. Like, Where is AJ? <laughs> Ask him in the group chat, and you'll just send a meme. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, you're right, though. There's, not, there's nothing special whatsoever from Nestor. And actually, he got put in in the 89th minute, almost 90th. So you kind of you understood the assignment. I was like, okay, you literally just have to go and defend, just defend. And he chose to do the most uh, just dumbest thing ever. He's too slow. He just to can't react, play. you know? He just yeah. can't react. He's too slow. And, and to me, it's just a player that's not going to get better. He's, what, 31, 32, maybe 30? I don't know, but... He's not a player that's going to get better because in Europe, yeah, no, he, 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 uh, didn't, I agree. he wasn't anything crazy in Europe either. You know, like, no, he rode the bench a while too. So it, it wasn't yeah. like he was like an unconditional starter. Ricardo saying Nestor should be put on the transfer list for next season. He's been mediocre for America. And I think something that you mentioned, Chris, right? It's a player that I don't think many of us would kind of bat an eye if America did end up um, transferring him and whatnot. So, but. Let's talk um let's talk a little bit about the second half here because this this is where things start getting a little bit interesting. So I actually think and then some of you might agree, some of you might not. That's perfectly fine, but I think Leon starts the second half and says, "I have my goal. I know that all I need to do is defend. I'm really good at defending. I'm not going to go and press America the way I did for the first 45." I obviously with that intensity, you can't keep it up for the 90 minutes. So I think Leon took their foot off the gas pedal, gave America the opportunity to breathe, and that was their downfall. Because once America was able to get some rhythm, once they saw that Leon was kind of just sitting back, kind of anticipating, waiting for them, willing to sit back, soak up some pressure, and get them on the counter, then America said, well, now this is my game. I can play this type of game. Whenever America gets pressed a lot, we look very clumsy. And I kind of mentioned that we saw glimpses of this against Chivas whenever we scored the first goal. They went at us. And, I mean, granted, they were not that good of a team that they weren't able to capitalize it. But Leon is obviously a little bit better. So they were able to do something with that. So Leon kind of steps off the gas. America then gets the two substitutions that we talked about. Leo Suarez coming off, and so did Jonah. And now you have... Uh, Sendejas and uh, Brian as well as sorry Cabecita came off as well Brian and then Richard came in for Jonah so those three were very pivotal and very key because then you brought a little bit more dynamic a little bit more speed to your wings better dribblers too when it comes to tight spaces which is 100% and that's that's what you had to do in, in those moments there's a lot of tight spaces that you know Sendejas got out of and Brian got out of as well Brian is really good when it comes to that yeah. I don't know if you and a, lot, a lot of questions were were on whether or not Brian was going to be kind of match day ready whenever he got minutes. And I got to say, he absolutely blew me out of the water with the expectations. The only thing I have said and the only thing I am always heavy critical about Brian is that his finishing is absolutely terrible. And he's he's had this issue since LAFC. So Decision like making overall, like it's even when it comes to passes, like you'll see like someone's open. And you'll just continue the running, like dribbling the ball, going forward to the keeper. Like, okay, bro, there's a there's a dead end right there. You're not gonna like last minute uh, pass that, and you'll or just hit the keeper or defender, and then we get a corner or they get the ball, and it, it, it that's it is the most frustrating thing about Brian. He's very talented though. Like that's one thing. Like I think we're not gonna miss Roger. I'll say that much. I think there is people that are, are big fans of Roger Martinez. Because I do think on a good day he's very talented. With that being said, though, like Brian is as talented in my opinion. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think he could be even more. You know, so I, it, it's just he's got to do better at finishing. My goodness, he had singly like two good opportunities. One was offside where he scored a goal, but um, 
he had like a very clear 1v1 with Kota and he just absolutely he he hits it to him and and Kota saves it like you gotta you gotta be better at being a finisher but Overall, America looked better, right? So America gets that goal, that first goal back. And, of course, this is where the drama starts, right? Everyone says that it's a handball from the Leon side of things. Clearly now with the footage that's been, uh, you know, all over social media, never a handball. Ref to me, it was obvious. 100%. To me, it was yeah, obvious. No, I mean, me too, but... I don't even, even go to a point where you could even call that a penalty. I don't go that's that what far. I was going to say. I was like, even if, you, if, even if that's the case... You got to call the penalty first before you call the handball. Yeah, and that's still pushed. giving us the opportunity. He's getting yeah. dragged down like before anything, before they're saying, oh, the, it was a mano. No, like he's getting dragged down. <laughs> it's also a penalty, you know, like, like, I don't know. I don't understand why people are saying, oh, the ribs, this, that. And I know you've seen it. <laughs> like at that point, I was just like, okay, well, people don't know what they're talking about, you know? No, 100%. I agree in that sense, right? And it's, it becomes a whole, whole mess. That you know, then the Leon players get in front of the 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 face of the arbitro, and then Diego Valdez tries to kind of you know usher him away, and then the Leon players you know get in between him and the ref, and then that's when you see the whole video of the referee kneeing the Leon player, who the Leon player need him first. Um, so it 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 was uh it was the beginning of the WrestleMania at the Estadio Seca. Yep. So. That was just event. the that no that wasn't the main event that was that was just kind of to warm up the fans right that was yeah. the opening act and uh, later on uh, America would then get um, would get then get their second goal I think five minutes afterwards is when you see that beautiful uh, that beautiful transition of a dead ball situation turned into a scoring opportunity right very good quick one two passes breaking uh, breaking lines breaking the defense. Henry Martin doing an exceptional job to just absolutely retain the ball, turn, and beat the defender, and just open space. Gets Sendejas through ball, uh, which first I looked a little wide. I was trying to say, I was trying to think he was trying to give it to Sendejas to finish it off, um, but then goes a little too wide. Cota commits, comes out, and like you mentioned, uh, Sendejas with that pinpoint accuracy on his right foot, may I add. Yeah. All right? it, it was not on his preferred left. On his right foot. Crosses it. Henry's right there. Heads it in the back of the net. 2-1. And at this point, the Azteca explodes. I'm over here jumping up and down like a madman. And America just absolutely turns the game around. In a game where I honestly thought we were not going to be able to come out with anything with how we played in the first half. And then they turn around and things start looking better. And and it just flatlined Leon. Absolutely flatlined Leon. Their heads were nowhere near the game. And America had the opportunity had the opportunity to kill them not once not twice three to four times in that game alone and did not punish did not punish them did not put the ball in the back of the net and that is the most frustrating thing about it because this team and maybe in seasons past we would have said it that their ball just can't find the back of the net but this team in this season where we are the league leader in scoring can't put away and finish a game, and that is the most frustrating thing about it because it was one of those nights where the ball just did not want to go in, and you thought to yourselves, "Why not? Or Why not this in, time?" And it was, and it did go in. Again. Yeah, you call it back. And I will say, all of the goals that got called back were were legitimate. Brian was a yard off when he scored his goal. Uh, Diego Valdez did use his handball, uh, did use his hand in when trying to bring the ball into control when he before he took the shot. So I get that. But there was instances where America could just finish off Leon, but they wanted to get cute with it. They wanted to get cheeky. Sendejas especially. Him and Brian were the best players of the night and also the most frustrating players of the night for me because they easily, they easily could have finished this game off, but they wanted to get cheeky. They wanted to get cute. Once they got into the final 18-yard box, they started to try to get, you know, do flicks and tricks and like Sanejas trying to like chip it over and this and that. Like that's it's not a moment to kind of play like that. If you were four to one, perfect. Do whatever the hell you want. But you're still only a goal up. Finish the game off. Kill it. Yeah, I completely agree. And maybe it was just the vibe inside of the field, right? Sometimes you could tell when a when a team isn't completely there. But I know you're gonna be you're the best teammate you could be, but there has to be a reality check too. If you know your defense could do 
give up a goal any second, right? Be serious about it. You know, yeah. maybe Thano not being there maybe affected that, right? It's possible that the assistants weren't doing a good job. But then they're professionals. They should know, like, okay, be serious. Like, go look for the other goal. Like, we've destroyed teams before that were beaten up, right? They were already defeated before the game. Like, Chivas, for example, like, their fans were leaving, right? And we still scored four. Like, to me, they should know better than to just be playing around with the ball and whatnot. Yeah, no, I, I, I 100% agree. Maybe the fact that Thanos was gone also too plays a big role in that aspect. But Ricardo says, America is going to live and die by their offense, Russian roulette style. And I think you kind of alluded to this, Chris. It, it, it kind of seems like that's the case going forward. Yeah, I mean, I mean, think about it. Anytime we're in the transfer rumors, right, we're into the midfield and attack. Like, I think that's just the mindset. Score as much as you can. And I don't know if I'm a big fan of that. I'll tell you who is a big fan of that. It's Cuauhtémoc Blanco. Oh. He, I think he, he gave an interview one time. It was a while back. He said that he wanted to be an America coach. Right? I think it was a time where we were playing very conservative. We weren't that great. Um, and he said, you know, I would go out there. I'd give the youngsters a chance. And I would tell them, like, Go score, 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 score! Like attack, attack, attack! Ninety minutes straight, nonstop. He's like, I don't care if I get scored three. I'm going and scoring four or five myself. Like that—that that was his mentality, and I think that's the mentality that America has at this point. Because defensively, we're not solid enough to think, oh yeah, I can win five, six, zero comfortably. I think I mean, it's like think you know, about it, bro. Score. Think about it. I mean, I would. I'm not sure if your whole family is Americanistas. I would assume so, though. What Correct. do you what do you normally hear from the style of, of America? It's attack, attack, dominate, dominate the whole the whole uh, the whole uh, game, right? Not be defensive, not park the, the the bus, be attacking the whole game. We uh, think about it. Why did Mohamed leave? He won a, we won a title with him, but if you remember his games, his games were ugly. Like they were very boring like football and yet you know we got rid of them because it's like that you're not our style you're not our cup of tea but at the same time i do think we need to be very solid in the defense i do we i do think we need to invest not just in the fullback i do think we need to bring in the center back at least one and it has to be from the foreign foreign side right yeah because there's no i mean <laughs> unless you're gonna pay cesar montes like a gajillion dollars to come play and back in the amekis which and even um, then it's like Johan Vasquez might be a, a, a possibility because they did look for him before they brought in Araujo. Oh, true. Even even then, like, I wouldn't be happy with uh, Johan Vasquez. Like, I don't, like, I know people are going to say, oh, they're, they're, they're in Europe, this and that. There's styles of playing and leadership that I like in the center back, and I don't think he has that, you know? So in the Mexican market, like, you look at around, around these uh, center backs, and who really would you want? Cesar Montes? That's really only one, right? Yeah, I mean that's about kind of it. Other than that, no, no one really catches your eye in that aspect. I mean, we'll see, right? And and this is all speculation. We'll talk a little bit more about it towards the summer. And like I said, a lot is going to be determined on how America finishes this this season. But uh, it's it's frustrating to say the least in that in that perspective. But you know, it, it it's a sad case that it is. America's got to score a lot more goals because we're gonna get conceded. Like we're gonna concede. Like that's the reality of it. I I I mean, look, I don't even know the stat on the top of my head. I'm just gonna look it up right now. In the past games that America has played, we have only been able to secure a clean sheet once. Once. Well, Mazatlan actually, won. you're right. Three three clean sheets out of the season. Which was who? Mazatlan's one, right? Mazatlan, Querétaro, and um, Tigres. And none of them are really impressive, like, if I'm being honest. I know people are going to say Tigres, but Tigres, how they started and how they're going is completely different. You know? Oh, yeah. So it's not it's, impressive yeah. at all. Like, it's those three. Like, I think the mindset needs to be, like, score, 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 score. And Tano has to believe that, too. It just can't be the players. Thano, when his subs, has to be attack, attack, attack. Because if we're in La Liga and the first thing you do when we're up 3-2, right, or whatever, score, but 
all they need is one goal and it's the 70, 70 minute and you're over here making defensive subs, like, it could get very ugly for us. Yeah, no, and look, this is a, America's a shadow of what they were last season, let's be honest. I mean, one fourth place right now sitting on 24 points. America last season finished with 38 points, right? Top of the table. Even if we were to win all four, all four games remaining, 12 points, that's only 36. It doesn't even get us. You know, we're still two points shy of our best season under Tano Ortiz. But let's be honest, I, I, I don't see that happening. I want it to, I want it to be a reality, but... I don't need us to be the mistakes. best version of us. Like, I don't need, like, I don't need all that. What I need is just this team to just be solid. Where to the point where us, it's like, oh, well, we're going to lose because Lara doesn't know how to mark his guy. Or Chava Reyes just got burned, you know, or, oh, we, uh, we had a sub in Araujo and stuff like that. Or Reyes or someone made a mistake. They're trying to kick the ball out. And all of a sudden, they don't know how to kick the ball. Like, you know what I mean? Like, for me, they fundamentally, you just have to be good. Like, don't make those mistakes and we're going to win. But can we fix it this late in the season? I would hope so. Even if not, if we don't fix it, I hope the offense just says, look, they're going to fail us. Let's not, let's not be a reason also on why they, why, uh, why we, why we lose. Yeah. yeah. Like, Henry Martin always gets overly judged when it comes to Ligia. Like, he needs to go and tell everybody, we're going to score no matter what. No matter what. We're going to, like, just be attacking. We're going to go all out. 90 minutes. Two times, both legs. We're just gonna go out, you know. And I think that's really the the most optimistic way that we could uh, win this season. I agree. I agree. And I see people true. saying like, if, if Tano doesn't win, uh, he has to go. I agree and disagree to an extent because it comes it comes to a point where we need to have the conversation: is is, is he failing us or is the front office failing him? Right, because a lot of people talk about Solari style. Think about it. Solari and Tano are two different style of coaches, but they all had bad seasons the same way. You know, like so. At what point, like what, like what style ends up being making a champion then? Right, because if you have a conservative style, which was Solari, and then you have a very attack attack uh, style with uh, Tano, and neither of them are good enough. Like, at what point do we sit here and say? Okay, you know, it's it's not their fault. We need to go like we need to put more pressure into getting rid of Banos or whoever's in, whoever's making these signings. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, there's there's a lot of fingers to be pointed at the front office as well. I mean, you know, past past managers will kind of agree in that aspect. But IP Junior said, "America tiene que gastar, 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 y ganar, sí o sí." I think he meant to say, "Um, Oh, wait, it says gustar. Sorry, my bad. I'm, I can't even read. <laughs> gustar, golear y ganar. Si o si. 100% agree with that. AP Jr., thank you for that. And Chris, I think you're right. There's there's a conversation to be had in regards to that aspect. But uh, let's, let's circle back to this game a little bit and let's talk about how... Uh, let's talk about the main event, right? Let's let's talk about this profile picture that you have right now on Chris. Is, is Lacamon with... Uh, the WrestleMania match. With the WrestleMania match, right? It's, it's the T-shirt ripped, everything going on. Uh, when this happened, America had uh, just committed a foul on the um, on a Leon player outside the 18-yard box, and um, I think the Leon player was going up to a to to one of the America players, and was then Malagón. Okay. Yeah, it was uh, it was Chava Reyes, and then Malagón came and kind of pushed him and kind of was trying to stop the situation. And so the cameras were just kind of pointed towards that debacle. And then all of a sudden you see the camera pan and shift over to the managers. And, you know, the, the manager was getting separated. And uh, Larcamon had his shirt out with his, uh, uh, with his titty popped out. You know, you were like, what's going on? <laughs> so it, it, it's just the whole thing. And then the manager started going at it more and more and more. And obviously the referee comes, gives them both a red card. And you think, okay, that's where it stops. That's where it ends. But it doesn't. Tan Ortiz is leaving. Larcamon is still arguing. And Tan Ortiz kind of points and says, I'll wait for you here down at the tunnel. Like, come on, let's finish this. And he even takes off his saco and everything. And you're thinking there is going to be a fist fight. And Larcamon is like running towards Tano and everything. 
I get you not. This could have been a, a, a WWE moment. Like it, it had all the makings for it. Um, and and it was just it was it was crazy. I don't think I've ever seen it get to that point. Never with Dano for sure, but two managers going off like that. I mean, I don't, not even Biojo got like that. I mean, when he said it, you know, they brought up his mom and. We as America fans, the reason a lot of us have this cariño for him, right? This like love for him is because his mom passed away and he stuck with the team, right? Like everyone would have understood if he just said, you know, I'm going to go, go uh, bury my mom. But he's, he stayed with her, you know? So when, when you see him in that, in that press conference, right? Or he's getting interviewed, would be leaving the, the stadium. You could tell like it really bothered him. So I don't, I know a lot of people are going to say professionalism, right? For me personally, I can't blame at all. Like, no, I don't either. I don't either. And like you I mentioned, don't blame him at all. Like if, if he would have headbutted him in the face, I wouldn't have blamed, blamed him, you know? And I've seen people say, oh, he's acting the victim, this and that. There's some stuff you just don't bring. You know, if he's going to get fined and he's going to miss games, so be it. But I don't blame him at all for, for his reaction. For telling him, come meet me at the locker room, stuff like that. Like, I don't blame him at all. Now, some people might say it's not true that he said that. I, I mean, I haven't seen uh, their coach respond at all to this. But at the same time, like, like obviously, like something was said, and that's why his reaction was just exactly that. Yeah, something had to have been said in order to like to get his shirt ripped. Like it, it just does not happen just because of that, you know. Wait, who am I talking about? The Karina um, I don't follow her, so I don't know if she she said anything like that. But but it, I mean, it's just it's just it's understandable, you know. Like I, I, I sent I, you the, the video of the Angels player, right, holding yeah. that fan's shirt. Now people are just bring up professionalism. I get it. At the same time, I don't blame human reaction. That's just me, though. Like someone disrespects you or disrespects the dead your kids any, anything that just we all know as humans just crosses the line like you have to be we i i just understand like why why they did that yeah like you mentioned there's a line that you don't cross and that come on crossed it and then you know i'm not saying that the there there's justification for that but you like you mentioned there's an understanding of that and i think I think even the club would understand that it's like, okay, like, yeah, like, you know, not necessarily saying go off, but go off. Like it's, it's, you know, we got your back in that sense. Um, and yeah, Larcamon is still quiet to this day. And look, it's not the first time Larcamon has had issues with, uh, with, with Tan Ortiz, right? Last season when we played them again, they got into it. Um, he got into it with Solari too, as well. Like this man just seems to be very problematic whenever he comes up and faces us. So, um, I don't know. I just I, I never had an issue with him, and then to this day now I don't. Honestly, I don't like him. It just Christian like never liked him. <laughs> I know if Christian's yeah. listening to this, he never. I remember when we uh, when uh, Solari was having issues, right? I wanted uh, him as a coach, right? And, uh, Christian never always said, bro, he's a small club coach and he never liked them. And I mean, I got to give him props for that because he was right, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. He saw it from, from a mile away. And, you know, shout out to Christian for for keeping us grounded in that sense. Like, yeah, come on, it's just, he's, he's not America caliber. And, and, and it shows, 100% shows right there. But, yeah, that was a big main event. I mean, that that's kind of what got you all riled up. I think got the players riled up. I think, I think, I think that's what woke up Leon a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I, I, this game was still for their America for the taking. Um, I mean, getting just... need in the privates could wake you up. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, I, I agree. But just America doesn't know how to close the game. I mean, you know, after all of the back debacle, after the kind of the dust settles and things turn, kind of go back to normality, back into you know, the game, America has a chance here and there. They don't capitalize on it. And then you start getting towards that, like, 88th minute mark where you're looking at the clock and you're thinking, damn, it's 2-1. to one. Leon's having the ball a little bit more. Like, a little bit of nerves come at you because you're thinking, 
of the Atlas game. You're thinking of the Necaxa game where we could have conceded. You think about all these opportunities, all these games prior with all these opportunities where the team either capitalized or we got lucky. You kind of thought this is probably going to end up being the same case. And then Tan Ortiz, right? Well, his staff calls in Nestor Arajo. You think, okay, secure the game, fine. There's only a couple minutes left in the in the match. Do what needs to be done. And whilst it looked like it was all going to plan, Nestor Arajo tries to read a situation, gets it completely wrong, steps up, leaves open space. And then, of course, Joel Campbell does what he does. Puts the ball in the back of the net. Last minute, and and the goal really gets you mad when you see it. It's, yeah, no, hundred percent. Because Lada does the right thing; he goes to his guy, right? Like he reads the play perfect. Like I know we, it sounds like we slander Lada a lot. It's not it's like he does a lot of good things. It's just sometimes there's a lot of ugly things. But he does the right thing. He goes to the winger, and all he does is just pass it straight to uh, Campbell, and 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 Araujo doesn't read that. And in my opinion, like. He doesn't have to be the fastest guy to read that. It wasn't necessarily like this, like crazy pass or anything. It was just simply the defender didn't re- react, read it, and didn't react to it in time. And and goals like that are always going to get scored on, you know, because unless like the striker is just that bad. But Joel Campbell is going to score that no matter what, good or bad. And you saw that, you know. Yeah, and that was the frustrating part about it because then that goal goes in, and I'm just like thinking to myself, great, like. Two points lost. Feels like it's gonna be a L. Well, now we don't we don't climb the table like we should be, being more comfortable. And it's just all these all these thoughts are going into your into your head. Like we really had it. All these chances. What if? What if that? And then it's just it's 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 frustrating because then the final whistle goes and you're just like, great, a a, a game that came down to your own doing. It wasn't because the rival necessarily walked all over you or forced it. It was because of your, again, constant defensive mistakes that made it so that this team was able to bounce back. And again, frustrating all around. Yeah, very, I mean, very, very frustrating. And then you start looking at the schedule, right? That's yeah. the next thing that you, you focus on. And let's just hope, you know, that I, I believe in, in, in our attackers a lot. I'm not saying I'm not gonna sit here and be like, "Oh, these games are gonna be very ugly." I don't believe that. But with that being said, if it's a close game, our defense needs to get it together. And fingers crossed that they do, because like we mentioned, they <laughs> we're gonna need them too. And I mean, that practically is that. America draws, two points lost. But hey, what a spectacle at the Azteca! Chaos, madness. You got a little bit of everything in this game, and um, well, I mean. As much as people will highlight and say that this was an amazing game, I am left with a bitter taste saying that this game could have gone much better for America and it would have been a much better result and better feeling going into this Monterrey game. Yes, sir. But it is what it is in that context. And like we mentioned, that wraps up the game in that sense. Uh, Anything else you want to add on or are we closing it out? Nah, man, I mean, I think we said enough. A lot of our frustration, we highlighted, at least I did, I highlighted a lot of the certain players. With Lara, I, I'm, I'm optimistic with him when once he moves to center back. Or a defensive mid, because I do think he could be a defensive mid. But fullback is mm. just, it's very ugly, because even then, I'm, I'm glad it's him and not like you. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. I mean, if if your replacement is just as bad, if it's not worse, worse then that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's got to tell you something. Um, but we'll see. Well, maybe he has the, t- the game of his life against Monterrey, scores an amazing goal from like 30 yards out, and then we're like, okay, this is why Emilio Lara is where he's at. Yeah. I don't I mean, think it will ever happen, but, you know. He sends some good crosses sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah, he has his days. When he's on, he's on, and when he's not, well, <laughs> Dylan said Lyons better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, Dylan loves to cause the mayhem, especially in the chat. Uh, <laughs> a lot of over Lyun. Lyun's washed up, and then uh, Ricardo Lyun is un mal parido. 
So <laughs> we'll see what uh what happens in the fullback position for America, but that kind of really sums it up. Um in regards to club news, I mean not much really that we know of because it's only Monday. Um team was back in training, they did some gym work and then um that's kind of all. No real news out there, at least not that I've heard of, Chris. Did you hear anything in the America verse? Oh, just uh, this is older, but just uh, what's his name? Rojas from Racing, right? That's how you say this club. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's old. I mean, not really. Much yeah, I mean, we could touch about it a little bit, right? He's coming to the end of the contract, and America were quote unquote looking at him, right? Maybe potentially holding talks with the player, which I think those were kind of uh, those were false rumors, if I'm not mistaken. I believe that were Merlo more than. Will you buy if yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It no, is no, interesting yeah. that it's an attacking midfielder, right? Which could also be a winger, right? And I'm, 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 if I'm I think mistaken, he's a right because he's a lefty, so I would assume he plays on the right side. Yeah, but uh, I wouldn't. Uh, I'll say this: Diego Valdez is not the answer to our medical problems going forward. So if he can come bad. in and do a better job. Wait, what do you mean by that? He's not the. You think he, he's replaceable? Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. That's a good topic to have, but I think we don't have enough time for that. I think. No, we don't. But we'll we'll we'll, we'll save it for the future. Like I mentioned, there's a lot, a lot of moving pieces right now for America, and it's still all looking like, still all up in the air. We won't get a much better picture of this until the end of the Liga for America, whether that's lifting a trophy or an exit in the Liga. We have to wait and see. After that, we can make a lot better assessments. One thing's for sure, though, and I think everyone should know already, is Roger Martinez. Uh, Roger Martinez's days as an America player are numbered. So, it's over. It's over. We can start making a goodbye, thank you, tribute video for him. Yeah, and 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 that's another conversation that we will have in the off season. And I'm sure some there's some people that will say he wasn't as bad as we say he was. There's a but lot we of all there. know in the end he was. <laughs> it depends, bro. There is some people that will sit here and argue for him, I feel. I feel Christian will argue for him. But then again, I'm not going to talk for him because maybe I'm wrong. It's okay. I talk for all of us all the time. So. <laughs> and I know Dylan hates it. So Shout out to Carlos Serna right there, seeing that he's in the With chat. his lovely eyes, right? Yeah, lovely eyes. <laughs> Uh, Jason says, uh, I feel like a more versatile 10 could be very helpful for various scenarios as a direct sub for, um, for Valdez. And well, I think that's kind of what I was alluding to, but I don't want to waste a international slot, like a foreigner spot for someone that's going to ride a bench, you know, like that just makes no sense to me. The defense has too many holes for us to really continue focusing on the attack. I opinion. 100% correct in that sense. But all right, this wraps it up for us. I don't think there's any more news to cover. If there is, we'll get you guys all covered and set on Thursday. So join us again as we talk all things Club America on Thursday. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Eagle Eye Podcast. Make sure you guys uh, leave um, a review wherever you guys are listening to the podcast, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Google wherever it is, would really, really appreciate it and help us get more exposure like that. All right. With that said, Chris, I just want to say thank you for coming out tonight, man. Always, man. You know, whenever you guys want to record, I'm ready to hop on. Absolutely. Loving it. Loving it. All right. Thank you to all of you guys that were out here today in the chat. Ricardo, as always, Jason, AP Jr., Carlos, um, Carlos Diaz, and Carlos Serna. Um, Where is it? Where is my man? Midwestern Cholo, Cholo, there you are. Almost forgot the name. Absolutely love that name. Uh, but thank you to all of you guys who came out to the chat to chat with us on the live show. And if you guys do get a chance to make sure you guys hop on Thursday, we'll have a fun one in that. With that said, you guys have a wonderful time. Take care. And as always, Arriba America. Good night. Ladies and gentlemen, this was another production of the Eagle Eye Podcast. The number one source for all things Club America in English. 
Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Eagle Eye Podcast and get all the latest news and coverage. And subscribe to our podcast wherever it is you may listen. 